0: Because we don't have children's ministry today. Today being our fifth Sunday, we have kids in with us. And so, guys, I'm glad you're here with us. Five of the volunteers, though, that I'm looking for are going to be adults. And I'll be asking for these five volunteers as we kind of make our way through the message here today. We've been, as a church in this setting, we've been in wisdom books. We've been in the book of Proverbs and we've been in the book of Ecclesiastes. And last week I told you that we were going to be in the book of Job, and then I realized that there are some rough things that happen in Job's life, and uh, one of them is the death of uh, all of Job's kids. And so I thought that maybe that wouldn't be the thing that we would preach while all the kids were in here. Uh, That said, though, we do have the nursery and the the toddler's uh, space open, and so if you uh, you have kids in the toddler's class, they can uh, be dismissed to head back. So what we are going to do instead is talk about how we pray for our kids. And I wanted this to be targeted at our adults, but in the presence of our youth so that you guys know what it is that we think God wants us to be praying for you. Now, Obviously, we're going to be praying this way with youth camp right around the next, uh, the next bend. Next three or four days, we are going to be praying for all of you heading to youth camp. We're excited about what that's going to be. But I wanted us to use Ephesians chapter 1, and I'm going to be making five points. Now, here's what the five adult volunteers are going to do, all right? I'm going to tell you that there are five things that I think this passage tells us we could be praying for our kids. And at the end of the sermon, I'm going to be looking for five adult volunteers who are going to lead us and praying. Now, what I've already done is, through the process of elimination, made contact with uh, with a penic who apparently will not be praying for us. But that's all right, Jess. I appreciate the uh, you know the idea from the very beginning. No, don't call on Jess to be praying. <laughs> so what I'm going to do is, I'm going to make this sermon in five points. At the end of every one of these points, I'm going to be asking for an adult volunteer who would be willing at the end of this message to stand up and lead us in praying in that aspect of what we think is, uh, is important in the life of our kids. The first point you can see there in your bulletin is this. According to Paul, we're going to pray, thanking God for our kids. It's easy at different seasons of life. And kids, maybe you hear from us at different seasons of life how difficult or challenging it can be sometimes to be raising kids. And the good thing is I've got stories to tell you about how challenging it has been to raise four of my kids, all of whom... No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to. Instead, what I want to do is to be able to use the words of Paul here in chapter 1, verse 15... As we hear this. For this reason. Because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus. And your love towards all the saints. I do not cease to give thanks for you. Remembering you in my prayers. Paul in another spot says he has no greater joy. Than that his children are walking with the Lord. And that's an odd statement for Paul to make. Because he has no kids. There's no wife as far as we can tell. He's not a married guy. It doesn't seem like he's got a family. And so it's hard to know exactly what he's talking about. What we recognize is he's referring to all those that he has been associated with. And what he says is it's the great joy that they are walking with the Lord. Similarly here, we realize he is saying, when I think of you in Ephesus, there's a couple things that come to mind. You trust God and you love each other. I see, and I've heard of your faith, he says, in the Lord Jesus, and of your love toward all the saints. And Paul could have had a few different responses to those two things, right? Paul was the one who helped to found the church in Ephesus, to strengthen the church in Ephesus, and for a a number of years to pastor, really, the church in Ephesus. And Paul could have looked at the way that they trust God and the way that they love each other, and he could have said, I did a good job. And moms and dads, it's easy for us to sometimes walk that road. It's easy for us to see the way that our kids are obeying God, loving each other. Trusting God through hard times and to think, wow, we've, we've done a pretty good job. But pretty quickly, we also recognize that if we have to take credit for your strengths, we also have to take credit for all the other things that come along. And so we try to get ourselves out of the way. And I want to say this is one of the best ways to do it. One of the best ways to be thankful parents is to be thankful prayers. To be regularly remembering how grateful we are to God for you. And it's not just because we think you're the best. It's because we see God at work. Because genuine faith, like what he saw, and genuine love, like what they felt, are things that God produces in those that he's working on. And we want to say to you kids, we are grateful to God for you. We're glad not to be a church that is sort of dying out with a generation. We're glad to be a church that's seeing those that are coming behind us who are populating Kids Club and Sunday School, who are part of this Trinity Kids Momentum Junior Momentum, and even as we're going to be able to welcome back uh, kids from BW soon, to be able to see that when we're done following Jesus, there are going to be others following Jesus behind us. And frankly, I can't think of anything that that should produce in us more than gratitude. And so I'm going to put our adults on the spot. At the end of this message, we're going to pray. And I would love to have one person who's going to stand up in the room and thank God for our kids. You're going to initiate our time in prayer. So could I have a volunteer, somebody be willing to stand up, lead us in thanking God for our kids? It's not going to be just panic, but will it be anyone else? <laughs> Sarah, thank you very much. All right, so Sarah's going to lead us out in praying for our kids and thanking God. When she's done, somebody else is going to follow her and let's figure out what that next person's going to do because the second thing that Paul does isn't just that he thanks God for them. He starts to pray that they would know God. Verse 17 goes like this. Remember, verse 16 says, remembering you in my prayers, here's what the prayer is, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of glory may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. Kids, there's a lot of things that we try to train you to do. There's a lot of things your parents try to teach you. There's a lot of situations they put you in, a lot of experiences they give you. We want you to learn and do a lot of different things. But there's nothing that we would care about and pray about more than that you would know God. Now, as an example of what I'm talking about, I said that I needed eight volunteers. I've already told you what five of them are going to do. I need three volunteers that are very specific. One, they are not finicky eaters, meaning whatever they are given to eat, they will eat. So that has to be one prerequisite. Two, they can have absolutely no food allergies because we don't want those kinds of problems. All right. So a kid who is not a finicky eater who likes cookies but has no food allergies because in three packets here, I have three cookies. And so I'm looking for three volunteers. Do I have a volunteer over here without food allergies who will eat what's put before them who would actually, all right, come on up. We're gonna Let's, let's bring up our volunteers. We've got Judah coming. All right. This is going to be exciting. All right. Come on. Because I, I know that we're, we're a little hesitant. Do I actually have a cookie in there? Yes. Okay, don't tell me anything about the cookie. I need you to hold this cookie. All right. Now, I have another cookie here, and I need a similar volunteer. Are you volunteering, Isaac? No, no. I was just like, uh, we need somebody representing that side of the room. Oh, that side of the room. Well, we have a Brazil behind us here. <laughs> is, is, uh, is this, do we have parental consent? All right, come on down. Here we go. We're going to have to verify that we have a cookie here. Are you a finicky eater? Mm, No. No? All right. Do we have a cookie here? Yeah. All right. I need you to hold that cookie. Don't show that cookie to anybody. And I have one more. Roman was moving past Isaac. I'm sorry, Isaac. You don't get to be the volunteer. Do we 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 have a volunteer over here? Andrew? Or Brady? We're going to have to have them sort of fight it out a little bit, I think. I'm not sure. This is going to be interesting after... you're not choosing. All right, Leslie, would you please choose between the two boys behind you? I'm just kidding. Why don't we have both of you come up? I said three. You're not going to both get a full cookie because I only have one cookie, but you guys can partner together in consuming this cookie. The question I have for you is, do I actually have a cookie in here? All right, are you able to consume this cookie without having any allergic reactions? Yes. All right, very good. You guys can hold that cookie. Now, I have told you what's in these containers. What is in these containers? cookies. Do we know that there are cookies? Have you seen the cookies? But do you trust these, 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 well, we got all young men here this, this morning. This is wonderful. Do you trust them not to lie to you? Oh, that's a shame. Somebody's got some issues going on. All right. What I'm going to ask you guys to do is to take a bite of your cookie. You got to keep it hidden. All right. And what I don't Uh, He need to hear from you after you eat it is the word sweet or cookie like or sugary because we know that those are the things what I instead want you to do is take a bite of your cookie and tell me if you can guess any of the ingredients in that cookie. All right, so take a bite, take a bite of your cookie. There you go. Take a bite of your cookie. You might need to take two or three bites of your cookie. It's possible. While you're doing that, I'm going to get a drink, because I'm getting a little hungry myself, and I feel like... Chocolate. Do you taste chocolate in your cookie? I taste oatmeal and nutmeg. You, whoa, nutmeg! (laughs) 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 Ladies and gentlemen, I know who's going to be doing our cooking at the picnics in about 10 years. This is fantastic. All right, do you taste oatmeal and nutmeg in your cookie? I taste oatmeal in that and raisins. And raisins. It's possible you don't have the same cookie. Do you taste chocolate in your cookie? Mm. Do you taste oatmeal or raisins in your cookie? No. no. What do you taste in your cookie? Do you have any idea? No. I have no idea. You got a tough one, which is why the two of you get to put your power together. Do you feel like you don't taste chocolate, but maybe you taste white chocolate? The answer is yes. Yes, very good. Do you taste macadamia nuts? I think you do taste macadamia nuts. Now, what has been going on? Do we have three cookies up here? We do, right? This is a chocolate chip cookie. That's what we're eating. Very good. And you have a? Oatmeal nutmeg raisin. That's very well done. And you have a white chocolate chip cookie maybe with some nuts in there, right? All right. Would you guys rather eat those at your seats than up here? Yeah, I would imagine. Okay, guys, let's give a hand to our volunteers. Were they all cookies? But in the knowing of the cookie, Mike, Mike or Isaac is curious. You're still doubtful as to whether or not they were eating cookies. All right, you both have a deep voice. So it was kind of hard to tell the depth perception there. Here's the reason that we just ate some cookies and we kind of thought about it this way. Listen to this quote by John Piper. The kind of knowledge that Paul is praying for here is in the sense of conscious experience. It's the difference between knowing this brown stuff is honey because of a label on a jar and knowing that this is honey because of tasting it. The devil doesn't taste the wonder of this knowledge. Paul is praying that we would know with the knowledge of conscious experience. Listen to the verse again. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. What is it that Paul wants them to know? He says, we pray that you know God in this way, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm going to need a volunteer to be able to pray that our kids would know God. So could I have an adult volunteer who's going to follow up? Mike will be able to go next. That's wonderful. And Mike's going to pray that our kids would know God. But Paul needs to tell us a little bit more about not just knowing about God or memorizing facts about God or getting an A on the God test. That's not what we're looking for. Not just that kind of knowledge. Paul's talking about a conscious experience kind of knowledge And that's what we hear third, because he says in verse 18, we pray that you would not just know God, but that you would see God. Or to use our analogy here, that you would taste God. That you'd experience God. And he uses an analogy of a sense. And he says, I want your hearts as though they had eyeballs. I want them to be wide open. I want them to sense something about God. Here's what I want them to sense. Having the eyes of your hearts enlightened. That you may know hope, riches, and power. I pray that you would know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is verse 19, the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe parents. This is why we need to be praying for these things. The reason we need to be praying that our kids would not just know God, but have the eyes of their hearts enlightened by God? It is because every one of these things is offered in a false and toxic variety by the world in which they live every single day. Your kids grow up, the kids of this church grow up breathing the air that offers false hope, false wealth, and false strength. They think and will be told for the rest of their days That hope comes in being successful or funny or smart or accepted or different. We've got a mess of different rules and people are telling them that hope comes from something they can offer. Usually you find it running away from God. And so Paul says, no, we should pray that they know where real hope comes from. The world is not just going to offer a false narrative or a false solution. The world is going to offer a false sense of what makes you wealthy and rich. And what Paul says is, I want their eyes to be enlightened so that they have hope and so that they know that they have a glorious inheritance. Interesting preposition that's next there, isn't it? Verse 18 says, in the saints... Not with the saints. We're back a slide there, Michael. You see it there? If I were writing this, I would have thought that what Paul was saying is, guys, all of us, we've all heard this. We're going to heaven, and when we go to heaven, we go to a place where the streets are paved with gold, and God's really rich, and we get to share in his riches then. But that's not, that would be like if he said that we're going to share in his glorious inheritance With all the saints. Meaning we're all going to go share in what God's got. But what he says is that what's richest is contained in the saints. Not just in us individually, but in us together. What God is doing in building a community of believers together is where true riches are found. And parents, we got to be really careful on this one. Because we can pray one thing and live another, can't we? We can pray one thing, but tell our kids that riches and life are found outside of the gathering of believers together. That it's found in some other experience, some other thing. So we press our kids into doing all this stuff, which can be fantastic as long as we don't forget where God has placed true wealth. He's placed true wealth in the glorious inheritance that is in the saints. And though the world offers false hope and false wealth, it also offers a false story about how we become strong. And so Paul's third thing that he wants our eyes of our hearts open to in verse 19 is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe. And that power is according to the working of, and again, we're going to focus on a small word, whose great might. The world will say yours. The world will say, make yourself strong because the only one you can count on is yourself. The world will say, we're going to build you up so that you can find power inside you. Truth inside you. Strength inside you. Vision inside you. If you don't believe me, watch any Disney movie. And that is All you will hear, the message for the answer comes inside you so that we would hear this as the working of your great might. But that's not Paul's prayer. Paul's not asking that we'd be strong according to our strength, but that we'd be made strong according to his strength. So whichever parent is going to volunteer to lead us in prayer, after Sarah prays to thank God, and Mike prays that God would help us, our our kids know God, we want to ask that God would enlighten our kids' eyes so that they wouldn't believe the false lies of this world, but they'd find riches and hope and strength. And Curtis is going to pray for us in that. So we did get a panic after all. The fourth thing that Paul tells us that we want is that, kids, you would look to God. Notice where Paul describes Jesus in verse 20. Because he says this power is according, verse 19, to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he did what? When he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places far above all rule and authority and power and dominion. Not all, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. Did you hear anything similar in those words? All of them tell us to look up. Jesus died and was buried and was raised. What does that get us to think about? Him being down, defeated by death, and then raised up victorious over the curse of this world. And then more than that, he didn't stay as an authority, really a figure here taking on some human throne. He was ascended to heaven, brought to the very right hand of God in what we see in verse 20 is heavenly places. And so what is Paul saying? Don't have your eyes in the dirt. Remember, Jesus was raised. Don't have your eyes just in this world. Remember, Jesus ascended, and now he has power that is greater, that is above every conceivable force you can envision. And here, Paul writes it in such a way that he's talking about both physical powers, political powers, social powers, and spiritual powers. Because we live in a day and age, and I think it will get worse for our kids, at least in this blip of history that we're in right now, where God is only going to strengthen our children because of and in the midst of how hard it's going to be on this earth. And there's a certain sense that I will be grateful for that if it helps our kids lift their eyes and look to Jesus. Remember, he's not dead. Remember, he's not reigning here. He's reigning there. And remember that there is nothing that challenges Jesus' authority on the earth, no matter how popular it is today. Do you see Paul's prayer getting bolder and bolder and bolder? We thank God for what God has done that only God can do. We pray that God would help you know him and not just know about him, but deeply know him, taste him, see him, experience hope and wealth and strength from him. And we pray that you would look to him no matter what's going on in this world. And so we need a volunteer to pray for that as well. So that when Curtis, we've already got Curtis, when Curtis is done, Who will pray that the Lord would help our kids to look to him for the rest of their days? Remember, I was a teacher. Don't make me call. (laughs) All right, well, I'm calling on Aldo. (laughs) Aldo is going to pray that our kids would look to Jesus, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And lastly, the fifth thing comes right out of that psalm that Monica read for us. If I asked you to think of the greatest being you could imagine, the greatest creature, the greatest power, something from a cartoon that you've watched all the way to some movie that you've seen, just something you could envision. What would be the biggest animal? What would be the strongest force? What Paul said reminds us that there has been and there will be two different realities for human beings. God said in Psalm chapter 8, that human beings have been created a little bit lower than heavenly beings. Though this world would try to tell us that we're nothing but animals and we're nothing but dust, We know that we've been made in God's image and not only now are we just a little bit lower than an angel, but there will come a day that we will actually ascend to a rank above angels. That's who human beings are. And what we are asking is that we would know a little bit more of what we are and who we would be. Because listen to this last verse, verse 22 and 23, this last request. It says, and he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church. And then verse 23 describes the church. Verse 23 describes you. His body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. See, the last thing we want to pray for our kids is that they would be filled by God. But when we're talking about them being filled by God, we're not talking about them being filled by God individually out on their own. There's a certain extent to which we experience God's love this way and his spirit works in us this way. But that's not Paul's prayer. Paul's prayer is that the church that our growing up crop of kids around here would be part of an army with inescapably obvious power. The power to be the fullness of God on the earth. The power to be the body of Jesus on the earth. God fills everything But the way that his fullness is experienced on the earth is tied back to the object of verse 23, which is the church. We want our kids not just to have a good self-esteem. Not just to think of themselves as capable and smart and beautiful. There's something about that that's kind of good. But that's really limiting what our kids ought to think about themselves what we're asking God to do is to make them into his body on the earth so that the fullness of God can fill the earth through them. Do you know what else this language reminds us of? Other times when God's beauty and glory filled a place, the temple In separate occasions, when the temple was done being built, God's people came together and prayed and said, God, would you fill this place the way that you filled it in the tabernacle? And he came and filled the temple with his glory. You remember another time God did that, but in a totally different way? It was at Pentecost. The season that we've been in lately. Jesus, the one who ascended to heaven before he ascended said, I want you to wait here in Jerusalem because what I am going to do is to come down and fill my temple once again. I am going to put my fullness once again onto the earth, but it's not going to be limited to one mountain. It's not going to be limited to one building. It is going to be into a people who will fill out the earth and do what I asked them to do in the very beginning. Mom and dads, that's what we should be praying for our kids. Because that's the way that Paul's prayer ends. We thank you, God, for what you've been doing. We ask that our kids would know you. We ask that their eyes of their hearts would be enlightened to experience you. We pray, Lord, that they would be given strength, that they would be given hope, that they would be given wealth. Help them in the midst of this world to look to you. And then, Lord, fill the earth through them. Kids, this is the way we want to be praying for you. And so we need one more volunteer. One more person who would wrap up our time in prayer, praying that way. Sarah, then Mike, then Curtis, then Aldo. One more volunteer. Sharon, fantastic. Well, guys, that's what we're going to do. We're going to use this verse so that we can pray for our kids now. Moms, dads, if you're close to your kids and you want to put your hands on your kids as we pray for them, you can. If you're around somebody and you're like, well, I think you still qualify as a kid, you can lay your hands on them. We're not going to do this all that fancy, sorry, at home. You're not going to really be able to catch this. We're not going to microphone this. We're just going to ask Sarah, then Mike, then Curtis, Aldo, and Sharon Kind of hit this side of the room this time, but we're going to have you just stand and pray. And when you're done, you know who you're following. All right, let's pray. Father, we pray this not just for our children, but we pray this for ourselves. It's not just our kids who live in a world of lies. Lord, we we are prone, prone to forget, prone to believe the wrong thing, prone to seize opportunities for ourselves. And what we need is your work, Lord. And so I thank you for the faith and love that is present in this church. Lord, I thank you for the hope and the wealth and the strength that you have given and that you've made obvious within this church from yourself. We thank you for the way that you have filled this church and that you are using us as your ambassadors, as your temples, as your houses of worship, wherever we go. But Father, my prayer is that we would know you, that you would open the eyes of our hearts, that we would experience you, that we would look to you. Lord, help us to be a little bit more aware of where we've been looking. As parents, Lord, I pray that you'd help us to be a little bit more aware of what we've been saying with our mouths and with our lives. And Father, we pray that you would direct our children, the next generation, in the hope of the gospel on this earth and do it in our days and beyond. We ask this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.